we can really speak to the interests and talents of the people in the team now, where some engineers, it would be a nightmare to work in a solutions team. And now we have two engineers there who absolutely love it, working on all the different things, short feedback cycles, um, having that. And we have other people who, who really enjoy basically the, the, the product work, the deep work that I think, at least from my experience in most companies, you don't even get to because somebody mm. will, will switch what you're working on every two weeks and doesn't even have a clue about, uh, about it either, right? But they just pretend and then you never get to finish it and everything turns into a mess. Here, people really have the time but they also have the responsibility and all this, yeah, learning of a product. And then we have the platform team, which um, for sure is the, is, the, is, the more, is the more technical team, but I don't like to define it by the technicality and define it more by who, who, the, who the audience is for yeah. the team. Welcome to Shapers and Builders, the show about better ways to deliver great software products. Today I'm speaking with Stefan Bönnemann-Valenta of Prosperity Solutions. Stefan is Managing Director at Prosperity Solutions and responsible for product and engineering. This conversation is part of a series about companies that use ShapeUp, a delivery framework originally created at Basecamp. If you've never heard of ShapeUp, check the show notes for a link to the video Shaping in a Nutshell by Ryan Singer former head of strategy at Basecamp and author of the book Shape Up, Stop Running in Circles and Ship Work That Matters. In our conversation, we talk about how Stefan transitioned his engineer's role from pure ticket execution towards taking ownership for end-to-end -end solutions, the faulty assumptions he made along the way about how all people like to work, as well as the benefit of having no more than two engineers per project. We address many of the pitfalls that teams run into when trying to implement ShapeUp and how Stefan resolved them. So if you're thinking about giving ShapeUp a try, this episode will be full of watchouts and learnings. Enjoy! Hey Stefan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi David, thank you so much for having me. I want to talk about your experience with ShapeUp today, but before we get into that, can you give us a rundown of your background and your current role at Prosperity Solutions? Sure. So um, I'm currently um, the managing director responsible for product and engineering at uh, Prosperity Solutions, which um, is uh, part of a group of companies. We are in the um, pension insurance business and life insurance business. We can talk about that roughly um, later on, but just that upfront, I'm um, basically responsible for all the digital products and the platform that we're having. Um, and that, yeah, that's, that's also what, what put me in the position to, to introduce ShapeUp and then a bit to myself. So I am yeah, first and foremost, a software engineer, that's what, what I, what I thought, because that's the roles that I've been, um, working in. Um, but the more I look the way I look back and how it happened, I realized more and more that it's actually always been a product component in there. So um, the way I I started getting into, into software development was, I mean, okay, the very start was in school, like there was a team to take care of the website. So I had contact with HTML and CSS uh, and PHP and JavaScript um, very early on. And that sat there for a while in the back of my head. And then the, the iPhone was announced, the original one, 2007, I was still in school and I was super fascinated by that. 
Um, obviously, I wanted to have one, which was impossible as a as a school kid. And anyways, because of uh, US only and AT and T and all, all the exclusive contracts that were there, but it, it it again was something that stuck in my head. And then it was, I think, three four years later, uh, I was about to finish school, um, and a friend approached me um, who who shared this fascination, um, and he basically said, you know, I figured out that you can build apps for the iPhone with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, and that kind of uh, opened the store in my mind from like, okay, this is some dark wizardry and I will never be able to, to be a software engineer. That's what I was convinced back uh, back then. I'm too bad at math. I can, I can never do this. And then I was like, okay, yeah, well, I this HTML stuff, this, it's it's not too hard. Let's let's see. But more than that, we talked about what do we want to build, right? And we had this idea of um, a to-do app, okay, well, yet another one. But um, we uh, we took a system called Send to Done. It was really reduced, and it was all about minimalism and having only three tasks per day and these kind of things. So it was like it was a perfect. Um, uh, testing ground for us because we we also took this minimalism as a feature. We had no idea how to build a backend and a sync and a list of million of, of 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 tasks. So we could really focus on getting this this app out there that pretty much does nothing. Shows you three things you want to do today and three things you want to do in this week. But we we went all the way, right? Like we, we figured out how to do JavaScript. We figured out how to upload it to the app store. We figured out how to do an, an email campaign list website. Um, the, the marketing for it and like um looking back at it now it's like laughable amounts but we as like as school kids we made some good money like we didn't have to have to do the the, the, the vacation job or something um and 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 that's how it started this this idea of understanding what i'm building that's where my interest came from so like having this vision of what i want to build and how i could build it and how i could change or adapt what i want to build to make certain things easier that that's that's where that's where my interest came and not from a purely technical thing where it's like, okay, if I use this algorithm, it's faster and this and that. This is something um, that never drove me. And I think, or I feel like this is this is something that I then noticed later on, especially also in ShapeUp with um, me assuming that this is how people do software engineering, why they do software engineering and realizing that, that, that having this overlap with product is something that... Um, yeah, is 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 not a given. Um, and then to to fast forward a bit. So um, after that, I mean, I was I was uh, kind of hooked into the topic. I then I would say formally signed up for university, but I was just continuing building apps with, with this friend. We then also did this um, on commission basis for for other companies, and then I yeah worked um, for for various startups, but always in the software engineering roles. And I think the, the 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 success there that I had was based on this understanding what I'm building, being very engaged with the product development focus. That's also where a lot of the mm, opinions, thoughts, <laughs> pains, frustrations came from because I was not really satisfied with with the processes that were there that were basically not compatible with me having thoughts about the product. They were mostly mm -hmm. about here is some work, do this. And um, yeah, that's that's how I went forward there. I also got involved with the open source community. I um, built a package for the for the Node ecosystem called Semantic Release, which helps you um, to, to publish packages. And then um, that also got, got me 
quite a boost in my career, basically, because through that, I started going to conferences, speaking at conferences, meetups, um, getting invited to, to, to conferences abroad, meeting community in the US, but also in uh, Argentina, or I, I was invited to Belgrade once, and uh, these kind of things. And that, um, that, that, um, helped me also very early on to, to get a, a broad set of, um, experiences and, and, um, yeah, just viewpoints from people and not just being limited usually where you, you come from university, go to one company and then whatever your manager there thinks is, is your horizon basically. And, and that was broadened for me very early on more recently then got into, of course, managing, um, and teams and then, yeah, pretty much having this, um, this question of how do we scale the product development, product engineering, how do we scale this up? How do we make this work with more than a few people who are very, you know, well-connected, intimate, know what they're doing, know how the other person ticks. How do you turn this from maybe three, four engineers to six, seven, eight. Um, yeah. and that, that's where, that's where shape up came in. I think that's a good segue into asking, uh, you to tell us a bit more about prosperity solutions. So, um, I, I always put out this, this, this disclaimer up front, like, okay, I know it sounds terribly boring, like insurance and pension, and nobody wants to think about what happens when you're, when you're, when you're old. Uh, and this is how I, how I thought about this whole topic myself. When I first heard about it, I was absolutely not excited about it at all. And then I, <laughs> I started to, to unpack it. So the product environment there or the, the, the legal frameworks on how to do pension insurances, especially in Germany are very, very complex. I mean, if, if, if people in the audience are from Germany, they will, they will know what I'm talking about. Even the names of how these products are called Riestal, Rürup, it's all, it's all very confusing. In my opinion, it's even designed not to be comparable. And yet these products, are, it's not, it's not like this is something that nobody cares about. It's something that's very, very fast spread because people. They don't buy this, but they, they get it sold, right? So you have an insurance broker and they tell you about, you know, if you, if you don't have something and everyone, especially, I mean, I can, I can talk about Germany. There's this fear of like, you know, are there not enough young people and what happens when I'm old and they will, I will not have a pension. Right. Um, so it is out there. This product is out there. People have it in Germany. There are more contracts, um, than, than people. But it's um, it's not very it's not very well understood even because people don't buy it they they're not like buying a car or buying um, I don't know a new, new smartphone where they go into the details and know very well what they are uh, getting why and 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 comparing things they just almost I would also say have to trust an insurance broker on what are you getting um, and this is this is the environment that we're in there is a lot of um, space in the traditional business with um, with insurance brokers helping them not spend all the time on bureaucracy filling out forms managing um especially now that more and more stuff even for the traditional business is moving online um identity verification signatures these kind of things but also um, um calculators what happens if you pay this much in every month or what happens if you um, take a more aggressive investment strategy. What happens if you start later calculators, visualizing this. Um, but then we are also going into, um, what we call new business or digital business, where we try to take this, um, try to take this fully online so that people can, um, get a pension insurance, uh, fully online, go through the 
through the application form, which has uh, a lot of steps also because it's, it's, it's regulated to this degree, you have to answer a bunch of questions uh, and making that so that people would still understand why they're doing this, why they're getting this product um, is, is really a challenge, but it's, it's worth it in the end. We can, uh, we can cut down operational costs. We can um, um, make the time that is invested focused on the consultation and not so much on, on bureaucracy. And then in the end, give you, um, give you a better, better product for that, that you also understand because then later you also have um, an application that we develop where you can track um, your, your, your funds in, um, on a daily basis, which is something that that's not very far spread in the industry. You can um, um, manage, like self-manage all your your things if you move or if you you know change, or, yeah, want to want to put an additional payment in or something like that. You can you can manage that in the app. Um, and we are part of a group which is called the Prosperity Company um, in based in Liechtenstein. And um, it's 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 quite interesting, basically, because Liechtenstein is the only only country um, in the world that can access the Swiss market and the entire EEA. So it's like a it's it's a good a competitive advantage being there. So we can service um, Switzerland, which is a, it's a really good market, of course. And then um, now we're in Germany, but we 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 can expand there. Um, and then a life insurance uh, company, Liechtenstein Life Assurance, is part of our group. So we have really good access to um, the insurance, to the broker network, and that allows us to do this digital transformation from within. That's how we like to to, to frame it. We are not a startup. We, we haven't like, you know, there's a bunch of VC money and now we, we try and fix this problem. But the, the thing is, as I said before, people don't buy this product. So we cannot, without access to insurances or brokers, we cannot just come in as the newcomer and and fix this or at least people have tried and they um and they failed and so now we 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 can improve the old business and we can create this new new branch of business for the new era and we don't know where this where this will lead us and the, and the good thing is we don't need to know we have the time and we have the um we have the flexibility to to react and see how how it actually develops it's just that we that we want to be prepared or that we are uh, prepared for that tra inevitable transformation to to way more digitalization. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. And just that I understand correctly, so you are uh, end consumer focused in what you do, or so do you is, also have a B two B component of what you do? We were initially building just the application for the consumers, uh, how we call them, so the end. Uh, customers like after they have the policy they can manage it and that's what uh, what we've been focusing on and now uh, over the years we've we've um, basically gone up the value chain and 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 first developed um, this application process where you can get a policy but now also we're building the um, software for the insurance brokers uh, no matter if they are traditional or or, or fully digital we basically took the application that we have, this 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 um, consumer app that we offer to all clients of the of the insurance and made it a white label product. So now other companies who are, let's say, um, neo banks or maybe um, wealth managers or um, also even insurance brokers, very digital ones, they can take our application process, our app, they can white label it um, and tailored to to what they need so maybe they have a certain investment strategy in mind then they can take our um 
insurance product and basically we call it wrap it around right the insurance is a very slim container which um, gives you this legal framework the tax benefits you put that in and then people can sell um, basically have their own angle at at the product we as prosperity solutions we, we don't do um, the b2 b2c at least the new business the marketing right we have this application for them but we don't do the marketing there we leave that to the specialists because basically or the, the, the partners that we have because they have this unique angle that they can explain it to their customers and then that's the requirement for them to to stick with the product i like that you give uh, this context because i think it also shapes a bit how you set up the team down the road right because you do have in this uh, and we'll get into that but in a in this white label b2b kind of focused uh, customer uh, situation you have some solution engineering that you might have to do specific to some clients and so on yes so we we have um first of all this triangle of like what who are our users right and there's um there's a lot of users different kinds of users the the the, the partners or the the insurance brokers the user the the, the consumers we we developed our own language ever we call it partner and consumer even because a user is like is everyone right yeah. um and um so how do we even understand what they want and and, and the demand side um but um yeah also having as you said these these custom requests or the requirements where a certain partner maybe needs a certain feature or customization and then we need to understand is this is this like we don't want to do agency work so how do we how do we get this into the into the the, the product basically as as a request how do we deal with those that's not very compatible with having having six weeks um cycles um or is it something that we can elevate into a core feature and then how do we how do we work with the with the timelines there so that we still develop it for the for the partner case in time yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> And just to wrap up this uh, section, kind of, um, you mentioned Prosperity Solutions, the company that handles um, the software development. How big is that currently? What's your team size yeah, right now? So the so the team company size in um, in Berlin, and I say Berlin because that's where the, camp, the company is based. But we are um, remote is seventeen people. We're responsible for um, product and engineering now, so we have uh, three teams um and we also are doing the business development um especially for the digital players and in germany from from here um yeah and and we have people all over germany and also a few people spread out in uh zurich and lisbon so it's it's really a remote uh, yeah company we have most of our people I would say two, thir two thirds of the people live in Berlin and then maybe a third of the people are regular office goers, but like every process is fully built for, for a remote company. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying. Um, so I, I kind of, I want to understand your first um, encounters with ShapeUp and specifically, because you hinted at that before, what I see in a lot of... Um, of the early adopters of ShapeUp that have maybe been followers of Basecamp before and kind of grew alongside that ecosystem and that stream of thought. Um, I think what a lot of them run into is this thinking of, oh, this is so great. I, I certainly, I want to work like this. And I assume that a lot of people will want to work like this, reading it and saying, 
everybody yeah. must want to work like this. Um, I'm wondering if that was your reaction as well and uh, and maybe how you dealt with that down the line. But let's start at the beginning and your first encounters with ShapeUp maybe. Yeah, so I think when I... I don't remember the, the exact point in time, but it, I, it must have been around when the book came out. I mean, I've been a, a follower of, of, of 37 Signals and their, their books and blog posts, so I'm pretty certain now uh, match the timelines must have been 2019 and i think i personally have been at the also transition from being individual contributor to doing more management work because i um, was freelancing um, prior to that and always had this um, yeah, situation as an uh, individual con contributor in teams but also as the special role as the freelancer um, and then transitioning into managing a team at the time because the the, the, the setup um, looked promising and we built a team there. So I, I transitioned within this company from freelance to um, being the engineering manager. And that's, I think, when I also read the book. So I was in my mind both at the individual contributor perspective, where I was like, okay, this is how I would like to work. But at the same time, maybe 50% at the, of the management side of things as well, because the the the, the way that um, the team worked um, back then that I that I managed was, I I mean, I, I don't, if if we go into Scrum and what I don't like about it or my frustrations with it, maybe we 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 need too much time. But that's I mean, people listening to this podcast, I just assume they can can relate to that anyway. Um, so we really had this process that was yeah kanban but really um only worked because we were a small team i have um, a long time um friend and colleague david who's also my um, co-md now at prosperity solutions we work together in a lot of uh, projects and companies and settings and that um in, in, in that team he was the product manager and i was the engineering manager which which helped us a lot to without a lot of processes just you know wake up every morning figure out what to do discuss the problems de-risk stuff i mean we some components of shape up i think we, we were in, intuitively doing already um framing things de-risking and then more or less mouth feeding it to the team however which mm -hmm. worked well because there there was not there was not much room for things to go terribly wrong but it was also um the more engineers you add it's not scalable it was basically just scalable by me working more and, and david working more because for every engineer that you need to keep busy you need to need to do more of this prep work yeah. um and um also not seeing like you can see the product and the outcome improve because you're adding new things but we weren't seeing this transfer of like you know this is how we do trade-offs this is how we how we understand the product and now please do this yourself right we were also back then saying we want product minded engineers we want product engineers we want people who eventually can do all of this themselves so that we just give them a problem and then they do this and this is this is the this is the, the the vision that i had back then okay we have product minded engineers we don't need that much of a middle layer there because they they just do it and mm -hmm. what what uh, what i realized back then is yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen like this you cannot learn this just from observing right and so i i read the book it was uh, for me really really obvious i mean i have a i have a certain base trust in in 37 signals that the, that the things make sense but i also it, it 
it spoke to all the the problems that that I that I had and 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 was this whole package basically also of, of as I said it's not like it's it's not like every idea in there is so so super revolutionary but having this combined bundle that you can implement was was really great and um, at this company I tried to do this but what I realized is um, especially the six weeks part is um, not doable without buy-in. I was um, I was presenting this, but I, I heard the the, the, the constraints that, that 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 you maybe called uh, solutions engineering already, right? Like, but how mm -hmm. do we? You know, everything is always changing, and how do, does this work? And uh, all the all the basic um, all the basic you know naive uh, requests that you have, where the alternative is just you know, I mean, what what is the the default way how 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 people build products they also just you know don't have impact build something that doesn't matter for this long take one more week and another week and another week it's like it's not like it's not like this is worse it's we we you know i'm kind of proposing at least there's an something. end to it kind of yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm, I'm mm -hmm. proposing the solution to this problem not the not uh, not creating one it's like that's exactly the pro problem that we're having we are we are um, driven by partly by these uh, one-time requests and then we have these tight deadlines and grant plans and then it's it's taking yet another week and like yeah um but i i i, I scratched that i um, felt already also at the time the company was going through some changes and uh, yeah i could also like you know see that that maybe this is not um, where i want to shoot my shot basically i knew that i yeah. uh, that i don't want to waste my energy on on fighting something that you know nobody uh, would would understand or support me in um mm. and then at prosperity when when i um when i came here i already knew okay this is <laughs> where i want to try this but basically when uh, when david and me joined as uh, as mds um, it was not when the when the company was founded so there was some some um prior code and team and everything was already there so we uh, took took quite some time to um, clean up, establish uh, new processes. I'm, you know, not talking about right or wrong. It was more like uh, building and rebuilding the company to to how David and I thought um, things needed to work. And then maybe 12, 13, 14 months in, I, um, I was like, okay, now this is the time. This is the moment I've been I've been <laughs> waiting for 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 I don't know over a year or almost two years to to finally try this shape up thing, um, and that's when we did it. Um, also, kind of um, I would say almost spontaneously. Looking looking back, I had um, a product manager who was still rather new, but he also immediately uh, loved the idea and he was super convinced and. Um, then we just started it within within a week. We we wrote up a bunch of um, pitches, how we still called them, and just mm -hmm. started it. And um, that's also coming back to your question of like how everyone wants to work. I was just so so convinced that um, again from my individual contributor perspective that everyone would just be like you know, oh wow, finally this makes so much sense. It's you know let's just dive right in and we will solve all the product questions on our own and we will take full responsibility and we can deal with all the ambiguity that that hits us now and that, that was my naive now looking back um expectation 
um and then we we uh, we we worked our way through it basically i mean we are um 10 9 10 cycles into it and um it's almost almost down to a well-oiled machine by now um but it, it took some time it was a fun journey yeah cool and i i love the overview given i want to definitely dive deep on some of these parts and the the first thing that uh, caught my uh, interest was you mentioned the new product manager joining and who immediately you got excited and uh, do you remember specifically kind of the conversation and maybe the pitch you made to them about shape up um you know if you if you are selling shape up to somebody or trying to get somebody excited what are the things that you mentioned to be honest i don't really even recollect the conversation because there was not even a big of a conversation there um it's just something that i'm quite um grateful for because like you know the situation where sometimes you go to someone and like oh wow there's this really great book you should read this book and then yeah people just don't do it that's just not how, yeah. how book recommendations <laughs> work right um <laughs> but i was lucky enough i just gave an overview and then uh, floor uh, the, the the product manager dove right into it got it and i I mean, he will probably correct me about this, but I, from my memory, kind of, you know, read it over, over some evenings over the weekend. And then the week later, we were all over it. And, 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 and that there was not much of a discussion there. That's why I also probably don't remember it. It was just kind of, kind of natural. But if I, if I would try to convince someone to, um, to use ShapeUp right now, I would, yeah, I would say I'm not trying to convince anyone because, um, what I think is really, really important is if you read the book or the or, or the basic pitch of what ShapeUp does, or the, the the video that Ryan recorded the twenty minute intro, you should have. That's my opinion, but I, I I would almost say you have to have certain feelings. Like you should you should read this and be, it should speak to you. There's not much selling that needs to happen because I'm almost convinced that if this, um, this, this, there's, there's no such spark. Um, you won't, you won't have the, um, the, the, the breath to, to, to implement this in a, in a company. I feel like, uh, maybe we will arrive at the point where, where shape up is so ubiquitous that it's just like clear. And then you, you know, get into this and implement it. But right now it's still the early days. And I feel like you, you need to have certain experiences and pains and frustrations before and then you will read this and then you will say okay i think this is something and then you can you can take this forward and implement it and knowing what trade-offs you're making what pains you're uh trading because there are less of the scrum agile pains and less of the running around in circles pains but there are other pains or other efforts that you have to make and then um if you have this mindset, if you, if you, if you like these trade-offs, then you will also go forward. But like, there's not much, there's not much to sell. I mean, sure. I could sell it, but I don't think that would be, would be successful in any way. Yeah, I agree. Basically you have to have the, see the problems that shape up can be a fix for. Right. Yes. And then, and that, yeah. And, and, and that ties also a lot uh, into how the adoption of shape up worked in, in our team. Because um, as I as I said, um, the, the 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 way we worked, I worked in the mode that I worked in in this previous company was also the mode that we worked in here. We just woke up in the morning, had a stand up, 
<laughs> talked about what we wanted to do. I mean, we had a general plan, but sometimes it would just change a lot and sometimes it would not change a lot. Um, but doing this, making the decisions, making the calls, doing this, this, this preparation solution, basically the shaping already, de-risking, all of that was basically dependent on, on David and me doing it on the spot. And it just didn't scale anymore. And that's why once we hit that spot, we hired a few more people, the team grew. And, um, at that point I was just working and working and working. And that was the only way to, to make it work. And that's when I said, okay, shape up now is the time because that's, that's how, that's how we scale this. We need to, we, we need to, um, spread all of this responsibility, making the calls, having this product understanding into the team, because otherwise we, like, I'm not interested in, in, in hiring an amount of people just to translate the rough business needs into tickets and then explaining it and then going back and forth and acceptance criteria here and then a QA tester comes around and then, oh my God, like, like the usual, the usual story basically. Um, but that was not a pain that the, that the team was feeling. So for them, it was maybe a bit smooth sailing even, right? Because there mm -hmm. was, um, not much risk, not much to go wrong. There was a very strong technical understanding from, from, from the business side. So nobody came hunting like, oh, give me an estimate and this needs to be quicker. And why was this a disaster? And it's like, mm -hmm. it was all there. Right. So, um, it, it maybe it was, was, was even relaxed. You just had to do your thing and then you would do the next thing. And then some people even maybe it was too boring. So they came up with other things or came up with engineering challenges that weren't even there or went, went <laughs> necessary, right? And then we introduced this this um, this process shape up and said, wow, this is amazing. We can we can scale up and all of a sudden all this responsibility shifted over. Now you have to deal with uh, making trade-offs, understanding what's going on, um, a deadline that's 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 coming. Uh, and that was not a pain point that the engineers had before. Um, so, mm -hmm. so you could yeah. breathe again, but they were now yeah. grasping for air kind of, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then it came back from, okay, but how do, how are we supposed to know this and how, like the, the, even the, the discomfort or the, 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 the arranging with the fact that they now have to make the decisions, uh, how, how are we supposed to know this or like, you know, no, that's, that's the point. I mean, you're your, um, I would say a certain base uh, smartness is required to be, to be an engineer. You, you know, what our product is about, like, there's not, there's nothing magic that I'm doing. It's, it's basically that me or David were doing, it's just that we mm. were doing. And, 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 and by, by making the decisions, we gave this, um, a direction, but it's not like we, we are the, 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 the magic people who know the answer to all of this. And that's how we make progress. It's more like we make the decisions and that's how we either go in the right direction or we go in the wrong direction, realize it in correct course. And this is something that you need to be comfortable with to, to make these decisions and then live with the outcomes or manage them or see if it was the right one, correct or, or do that. And, 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 and that again, to, to the question, wouldn't everyone like, like to work <laughs> like that for me? Yes. That's what I wanted all the time. That's I hated it when somebody else made the decisions or the, <clears throat> there was not a certain risk or thrill in it because that's mm -hmm. what I found so interesting. And then, and then I had to make the realization that, um, 
some engineers don't like that. Or what, what, what we found in the team, especially the more um, senior people in the team were really um, uncomfortable um, because that kind of put them back into a situation where where they haven't uh, haven't been anymore. Like, you know, you just look back and, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years and it's all just software development and uh, I can I can, I can can do my thing here. And I grab a ticket and I execute yeah, it, yeah. right? And you execute it mm -hmm. and it's all, it's all nice. And then you can go come in with all your experience and tell other people how to do it. And then you can teach them and that's how you get your satisfaction. And then on the side, maybe you write a cool script and automate something and that's your comfort zone. And that's, that's what you're doing. And all of a sudden these, these um, people who were really comfortable with what they were doing, where, where kind of in a back to school moment of, ah, mm -hmm. okay, but now I'm supposed to, 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, but, and, and, and that was, that was maybe the biggest, the biggest conflict, um, in the beginning. And interestingly, the, the less experienced people with, with, with less, or let's, let's say being more used to learning a lot every day, looking back to what you did three months ago and saying, oh my God, I knew nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the, 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 the learning phase in the career. I mean, it should be constant, but like this extreme learning curve, especially yeah. in, in the technical jobs. For them, it was more natural to see, okay, now it's just the next level. I, I learn a new skill and then and, and they um, way, were way, way more um, willing or able to jump into this. And this is something that I, that I also tell the team a lot. Like we, like we are not, uh, we're, it's not a technical product. It's, we're not doing rocket science. We're not, uh, we don't need to develop a new algorithm for anything. It's, it's really just building products and there are, people have been building products for a long time. This is not like, if you're interested in, in these technical things, then this is not what we're doing. We're building products. Mm -hmm. So understanding what am I building? Why am I building it? Is there, is there, is there a quicker way? Is now the right time to do a quicker way? Is this something that we should do properly? How, how will people receive this? Also, what what is the what is the language um, the the product language right like people build something and then they put lorem ipsum there or they put some really weird uh, copy there that they just came up with and it's like no that's that's you can think about this too I mean you're building mm -hmm. this you 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 speak the language what would you put there at, at least at a at, as a ba basis right and um, that's that's uh, that's what 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 we need, where, where our value comes from. Like people have been building forms on the internet for, for a very long time. And, and basically, for example, getting a, an insurance policy is one big form with a million, uh, fields there. And that's like, sure. It can get complex. There are many states, but still that's not, that's not, that's not a hard, uh, hard challenge, or at least it shouldn't be the challenges. How do I present this? How do I keep the application in a in a in a fast way, not to lose um, data? Okay, engineering challenge, but like explaining the context. Why are you answering this? Is this um, reassuring? Is this even what you care about now? Is this are we asking too much of you while you haven't understood the product yet? This is yeah. what defines the success of what we're doing. And 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 if we reach the point where we need to solve an engineering challenge like an actual one that maybe not many people have solved before us then then we are successful already then it's it's all 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 great but it will take time to get there yeah. and um if it 
yeah, I don't know. You have to go to to the to the Facebooks or Amazons or Googles of of, of this world if you want to be technical and not care about the rest. Right? Mm. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and to let you know about the Shapers and Builders job board. On shapers.builders, yes, that's the domain, you'll find jobs in software development, design, product management, and other roles at companies that work with ShapeUp. Many of these roles are remote, and teams who use ShapeUp generally run at a more sustainable, healthy, and meaningful pace than the hamster wheel of two-week sprints. So if you're looking for a job in tech or trying to find great people, head over to the Shapers and Builders job board at shapers.builders. Now let's turn back to the conversation. What you what you said about um, this discomfort coming in though with, you know, the basically the responsibility of an engineer broadening massively overnight with ShapeUp, um, not getting spoon-fed tickets anymore that you can kind of blindly in quotes execute um how did when you when you spotted that that was an issue how did you manage it because it, it's understandable right you know now people are asked to step up and take responsibility where previously maybe it was a, a bit easier uh, to hide behind the the pure execution part yeah so in in uh, especially in the beginning what we um what we try to do basically by force is that um the, the the product managers write the pitches, hand it over, and then the responsibility is solely in the team. And that's something we dialed back a bit or a lot, and then try to reduce it again. Is that um, especially Flo, our product manager, went in with the teams, discussed a lot with them, also guided the way a bit more, not dictating the decisions, but being there uh, and, 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 and basically also showing more the process so that they get more comfortable with um, the decisions. And also it's, it's, it was maybe a lot to, to ask from observing or, or getting the, 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 the handover like before and then executing to getting a pitch and then doing all the rest all of a sudden i mean where where was this supposed to come from it's not, it's not like mm. we went into this completely without any uh, you know we knew this is going to be hard and it's going to be a transformation um so th that was totally clear we, we were committed to doing a few cycles we knew this would um this would take time and this is what we then slowly did um still doing a bit of hand holding and then developing this uh this 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 feel over time basically yeah do you um, think that uh that kind of fear of getting reprimanded for making the wrong call played played a role in being comfortable about now making decisions about let's say ux um and and general direction feature like the the design of, of the yeah, implementation maybe. Maybe that ties into the um, the differentiation that I made between the more senior people and the more um, junior or mid-level people in the team because the the responsibility, so the setup that we had basically because we are building um, everything with web technology and then we have um, 
basically just a, a, a wrapper around so we can ship the, the web app also to the app stores. And then we have um, back into the setup that I had in mind back then was I had a staff engineer that was very concerned with mobile and front end and one staff engineer that was very concerned with backend and then um, filling so, so they can basically give the guardrails and, and, and you know, the, the, the guidelines for the architecture. And then in the middle, we had a lot of uh, full stack engineers who can then be focused on the um on on building the features and sure i mean there's with, with the, this fear comes comes with them with it to do something wrong but it was more of a um general feeling or that uh of, that it was unsatisfying be, before as well that we knew there were a lot of bugs or things were not clear and um, then it was always going back to the team hey we need to work on this again okay and then but why don't we have a QA engineer who will test it all for us? No, it's your own responsibility having having this back and forth. So like, um, it was already not ideal before. So I feel like it's it it, it 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 at least for for these engineers in the middle, I would say it was fine. But the the the, the staff engineers all of a sudden they had this <clears throat> reprimanded is maybe a bit much, but they had a lot of responsibility on their shoulders now because like okay, the pitch is ending and maybe it's not ideal what we did there. Or now we, we, we had something, a, a feature that we built in our very, very first cycle that um, we pretty much had to, we, we lived with it for a while, but it's completely rolled back by now. Uh, it, it was not a disaster. That's also something that we that we that we try to tell and live everyone right that, that this is how how we do it. We We are very comfortable with shipping um unfinished software is maybe a bit much but like bare bones things or, or or also having something out there for a few weeks that's maybe not ideal um because the alternative is basically not doing anything at all right um so i mean it's also hard for me to say because i would like to say no nobody was was driven by fears but that's that's mm. maybe my perspective and if you talk to the team they um they they had a different um experience there but it was i would like to say more of a sh shared frustration of like how do we how do we move this forward we had we have we had a good um spirit in the team very very positive we knew we are onto something right this was also right about the time when we transitioned from just building the consumer app um mm -hmm. to building this onboarding flow so it was um one of the first times that we were actually not just optimizing and tweaking and fixing existing things but actually building a full feature of our own uh, coming from you know uh, the stuff that's there is so broken and this is broken and we just fix it and it was very uh short-lived dopamine cycle of this is now this much better and this flow is better and this is better to okay now there's a green field and now, mm -hmm. now now we have to deal with starting from from not zero but like building features from scratch and 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 and, and living with the consequences of what that means not making the right decisions all the time not seeing the wrong decisions that uh, that were made before but really just starting from zero what what are we supposed to do um yeah and that's that's where we had to had to move forward also the um team was very small back then three four mm -hmm. five engineers um so 
a lot of the pitches that we had were also all all consuming or almost like at least the maximum was two right so it was all also the work of two months was condensed into the the the, the cycle ending and it it, it felt a bit uh, high stakes also because we, we 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 didn't have this lightness of okay yeah if this package fails or if this pitch fails um that's fine that's part of the game also as described in the, in the book then we don't ship it there was certainly a, a pressure for us to to deliver as well and it was not so optional <laughs> at the mm -hmm. at the end of the six weeks that we that we ship something um and this is this is way more um light now we have of course more more more, more people but we also adopted uh, a maximum of two people per uh, package as we call them now and it's 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 way lighter uh now so that that um i would say the the fear drivenness is is um very reduced and also um something that um that we adopted is talking about latitude in 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 packages um this is something that was always implied in the beginning like i had a very clear image and also um the other product manager of and and, and the business side we had a clear image of <laughs> how sure are we on certain aspects of the solutions this this is a must-have or this is more flexible and then we also try to accommodate the team and basically wrote like okay but this is this is a bonus or this is just a suggestion and 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 this is also maybe something that i want to do from from my experience i don't i i don't feel so comfortable putting something out there and saying this is how it has to be because i know it it can make engineers uncomfortable and and and, and also can have the opposite reaction where they're like okay somebody presented me with the solution of how it has to be now because i am an engineer i will find another and a better way and that's why we were putting in these these um statements here and there and softening it and, and, and trying to make it more open which we then learned is actually harmful um and, and and now we are leaving off this bonus or this is just a suggestion we are we are describing things but then um also making a statement of 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 the latitude and saying okay this is really low latitude this is how it has to be in the in the shaping we dove deep into the apis and and, and the architecture and this is how we think it uh, how it needs to be and then there are others that are like super high latitude go ahead figure it out there's a lot of architectural work still to be done and that um that also helps a lot by now that um that um, engineers don't just have to you know read it from between the lines uh where they can go a bit more wild or explorative and where where it's about shipping things and that um that helped a lot because in the in the beginning that was uh, just not there um yeah it's, it's sometimes we thought okay it's so clear you just have to do this and that and then it turned into a whole discussion of something else or rewriting this or refactoring that or no we first need to do this and then can we just add another week to this and, and these usual problems like where you need to live with a fixed time and and, and that's something we yeah. always protected like nope there's a fixed time and find a way basically um but yeah it was yeah maybe not the easiest thing to deal with what that what that means um also without yeah. having having prior cycles right now we can look back to to uh, eight nine cycles that we have done and we have 
also in, in how we talk, ah, I remember this one, how we did it there or that, or how that went wrong. And then it's, it's easier. We didn't have that. It's just everything we were doing was a new situation and that's what we yeah, learned to learn to deal with. And that's why I would, would also say, um, I don't think you can, you can learn so much from reading the book more often or watching another conference mm -hmm. talk or, or, um, or even listening to this podcast, right? It, it, I think what it should do, it should speak to you in these frustration. like, okay, either you already have shape up and then you, you have an, get an idea for how you can tweak something, or if you have not adopted shape up yet, it should more speak to this, this inner feeling within you of like, okay, wow, this could really release the pain or relieve the pain here. But it's, it's, it's not like you can, you can listen to this like oh this is an, a mistake that i will that, that, that i will avoid because it's like it's so dependent on where is the where's the initiative coming from to adopt shape or where's the team how how um how is the culture how is the 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 the, the context from the business i think um you you have to have this desire to fix the frustrations and then make these make these experiences yourself i can only i can only tell how it was for us and it might be similar, but it might be completely something else uh, in the end. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'd love to get a kind of a bird's eye overview of the process that you found now. And you started, uh, you talked about some of these things, some of how the learnings played into what you have now with now, basically you being very explicit about which parts of the, the pitch have latitude, which don't. And, um, yeah, what what does your product, uh, process look like now, and what fixes have you made specifically along the way? Mm -hmm. So um, when we when we initially um, started Shaper, we were thinking of mostly the delivery side of things. And if you, I mean, if you look at also in the book how a feature goes from idea to being shipped, then um, it's first shaped, then there's a bedding table, then people work on it, and we were doing it backwards, right? We didn't care so much about bedding table or any of those things. We were we were anyways kind of set on what needs to be built, put this in a put this in a in a, in a pitch document, and then gave it to the team, and we're focused on the team uh, doing. Uh, basically building this and in, 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 in the given time frame, And then we worked our way backwards to what does shaping mean? How can we improve that? Is the betting table even the right thing for us? And we um, kind of went, or this betting table was always floating around in the air because it was there right in the middle, in the center of this book, there's a betting table and we never did it. Like it just never happened. We, you know, we're, we're happy when we had the, the, the pitches written in time for the cycle to start. Uh, and I was hesitant to go in and change the change how shape up works because I felt like, okay, there is a certain wiring between things and it has to be a certain way. But what we kind of did out of necessity, we adopted framing um, where we talked about things roughly from from business side aligned it with everyone and then only that we go into sh uh, shaping and this is something that we didn't have the language to we just did it mm -hmm. and then I was again this was this was again this, this feeling of relief because only then I realized that uh, Ryan um, is very active um, in his blog and in, 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 in developing this this um, 
shape up further. I just realized it as this one-time creation book that is there, and that's what I went back to. I don't know what went wrong with me that I never Googled it or like looked into into the community there. I was just so so busy um, implementing it. And then I found out, okay, framing, shaping, there is all of this out there. And I was both relieved to find that there is prior thought on this, words for it, framing, shaping, but also that we had kind of arrived at this on our own. And then it, 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 it was this, you know, relief to 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 put it in place and this is how we do it now we went back from just being focused on the delivery we um most of the cycles have our um, packages done in time and we have we have framing sessions where we agree on what we do uh, what is worth looking into and shaping um and then from from the team side we we, we grew to um a bit more than 10 engineers by now and what we did end of last year we split up the the teams so before we always had one big mega team and it was already clear okay like seven eight engineers this is the the the, the line where this will get harder and harder and harder we also noticed that our stand-ups got really disengaged because people were talking about things that the others were not concerned with and then kind of we started having a stand-up and then another stand-up for individual groups afterwards and it, it was time to break it up um and the, the way we went is we have um, three teams one is the platform team one is the um, product team and one is the solution team and um for me platform is very important and this is something that i emphasize a lot with the team this is not the back-end team this is not um uh the, the hardcore tech whatever thing it's more about um who is the customer of of this team and so at the time we also started as i said earlier we we built uh, software for the brokers as well now this was also the time when we when we ha started having two products the consumer app and the uh, uh, software for for brokers so we now have this platform team which is building things whatever it takes it might be infrastructure it might be backend but it can also be how is our front-end architecture working these kind of things but the, the 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 customers of this team are the product and the solutions team and then we have the product team which is um basically moving our very core it's the biggest team it's uh, it's where the where the strategic initiatives go where we have it's protected basically from both sides we have the platform team that makes the un, uh, the, the architecture the, the 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 heavy lifting work for them it's out of the way and we have the solutions team that takes care of sh shorter term requests and they can really go into the deep and long work and and, and figure out our, our core product move that forward and then we have the solutions team which is deliberately our smallest team where we take care of our websites our partner integrations custom flows um these kind of things but also um yeah bugs or um sometimes also if, adding tiny things to 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 a package that comes out of the product team where the product team shipped it and made a certain trade-offs and it's it's fine for us and it was shipped but then afterwards we realized okay we need to tweak this a bit there's some feedback and then uh, also the solutions team will do uh, will go into the core products like we don't have boundaries across repositories or anything everyone works mm -hmm. on everything but then the solutions team can also go in and 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 like you know okay this graph should look a bit different what we found out now we don't need to 
put up a whole new package and and and, and do that. We just do it on on the spot. And so the, the the platform and the product team work in shape up, and then in the solutions team we went back to our. Uh, YOLO mode, right? Where we just wake mm-hmm. up in the morning, talk about what we want to do and want to do it. And it's uh, it's something that I'm also very happy about because we can really speak to the interests and talents of the of, of, of the people in the team now. Um, where some engineers, it would be a nightmare to work in a solutions team. And now we have two engineers there who absolutely love it. Um, working on all the different things, short feedback cycles, um, having that. Then we have other people who who really enjoy um yeah and basically the, the the product work the deep work that i think at least from my experience in most companies you don't even get to because somebody mm. will will switch what you're working on every two weeks and uh doesn't even have a clue about uh, about it either right but they just pretend and then you never get to finish it and everything turns into a mess here people really have the time but they also have the responsibility and all this uh yeah, learning our product, and then we have the platform team, which um, for sure is the is the is the more is the more technical team. But I don't like to um, define it by the technicality and define it more by who who the who the audience is for yeah. the team. As I said, also we 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 have um, this maximum of two people uh, per team thing, which we adopted with with great success. We like to think that everyone in the team is a great communicator, but um, it's just that um, both the communication within the the, the team, uh, like, okay, we have the teams, which we call platform and and product and so on, but we also have the teams working on one uh, package, so the package team, so to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Them carrying the responsibility um, gets also even easier. We had this experience where like five people were on one package and what naturally happened, which which uh, was this idea of, okay, this is really important. Let's put five people on this. It it, 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 it turned into actually having less responsibility and accountability because for this p- team to even be functional, what they started doing is, is, is basically micro or, or virtual scrum almost where like, okay, let's cut this into certain tickets or packages nobody was writing tickets or at, mm-hmm. at least not not more than a headline or something would like okay we we need to work on this somehow so how about you take care of this and you take care and 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 all of the things that Chaber was supposed to prevent not 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 take cutting the features apart but having slices and this is what what started happen naturally because how how do you keep five people busy right and now we limit it to two people they have that you can't do that. You cannot just go off and like, okay, I'll just take care of the of the of the of the backend or this thing or uh, no. Everything is in 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 your hands, kinda, and um, you're more fo- forced to make the trade-offs to be there and evaluate. Okay, the, the 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 deadline is coming closer. How what what are the trade-offs that we're making? And what we what we found as well is that that this helps us to um, actually grow the people faster because we can um this is also something that we learned we can tailor the packages to the people that are working on them mm-hmm. something that um, i think also especially in the in the vanilla um, shape up way as described in the book is you write the the pitch then it goes to the betting table and then you assign it to the team and here we are writing it specifically with the people working on it in mind so we can also with the latitude 
tailor it to the experience and the uh, and the talents of the people not just in giving them something that they are good at but also giving them something that they want to grow in or that they are interested in and then all of a sudden even if you are junior um, if you're a junior engineer you can work on something and own it end to end and this is something where usually in, in in your career it would take you a long time to be responsible for something but we just we just define upfront how big the risk can be um and then it's theirs to do and that that helps the helps the helps the team members to to grow super super rapidly and that's something um that we are that we're quite happy with yeah and then i mean what what else is there we have um we organize our uh, packages in, in in notion so we have um, a database there so you have like all the different overviews you can put it in a timeline so you can see the cycles and everything you can filter that down by the cycle by the team so the different teams have their spaces um and then um yeah we 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 basically collaborate on the on the um in the product team and we write the packages we collaborate on on um notion to write them but it's more of 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 this you know discussing also in, in intensive calls discussing what we want then one person brings it uh, writes it down and then we iterate a bit on the on the text making sure that the that the ideas are transferred and then we then we um hand it hand it over to the to the team yeah cool and the, you just touched on it. The shaping is done by then the product manager, Flo, you mentioned, and yourself. Um, yeah, so we have um, also um, an engineering manager who is um, product engineering manager. So we, we really don't like to draw this line pretty much. So we have um, our product manager who knows enough about uh, tech and we have an engineering manager who's also very very much uh, understands and product similar to to myself in that sense um, and then we split that up basically we um, we, we write the, the pitches there we are still trying to figure out how to where to put design there we have a certain idea we're also hiring a designer right now um, because the design um, should be part of the of the shaping um but it's it's uh similar i mean i talked a lot about the engineers now but it's a similar transformation to designers not being able to put out a figma screen and then this is how it gets implemented pretty much being ripped off all your tools like you you mm -hmm. you know you have a fat marker sketch or whatever it is or maybe even just words in this in this packet and that's all of a sudden what design is supposed to be that's um that's um a challenge at least um for i can only speak for the for the designers that i've worked with in in this setup um and again no right or wrong it's it's um there's a place for all of this but we are we are committed to to the shape up thing and there, there there is not so much room for somebody to you know just put up a high high fidelity mock-up uh and a click prototype that's just not what we need uh we we discuss it, shape it, and then the team ships it. And then whatever the team ships is our prototype and not not something that uh, that you can click around with um, on, on, on Figma. Um, again, it's um, we're not a we're not a B2C app. We're not winning by having the um, the greatest animations or the latest UI interaction pattern. We can base a lot on on best best practices. I think we also have a great uh, bunch of people who have uh, an intuitive understanding 
and yet uh, we we still need an expert on this we like i it's not the it's it's uh, i don't want to downplay this it's very important and we don't we, we the, the last thing we want to do is 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 ship ship software that's just um hard to use um but yeah we are also not not in need for you know the the latest background gradient pattern or <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the border radius of this and that, like, that's not, again, also what I said before, this is not the value that we have, just like, it's not the value how, how a certain algorithm is tuned. It's not the value that we provide us by having the shiniest UI. Um, it's, it's, it's really more about, especially in this phase about things working well, being understandable. I think, um, the, the, the biggest and the most underestimated design tool that we have is language um mm -hmm. and um, that's that's what we what we focus on and, and 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 what we yeah also try to make part of this shaping process um already yeah. we're coming up a bit on time so i do want to talk about uh with you about one last topic that you mentioned to me before our call um about kind of having having ideas uh bringing the shaper community together in i think in a real life setting right do you want to talk about your current state of mind on that yeah um so i as i as i said in the in the intro i uh, got lucky to be at a lot of meetups and conferences and i also organized a conference myself um and um i mean with corona everything died uh, died down anyways but i um i'm feeling this urge for for some time now to to do something again but i don't just want to want to bring back the pre uh pre-corona times of yet another conference even bigger even more <laughs> entertainment program and open bars and whatnot i I'm, I'm thinking about how can how can how can you do events in-person events that are really focused a lot on um on, on on deep exchange on uh, on the conversations but also making them inclusive making them diverse and very important um, sustainable for the organizers because either you have um, commercialized events that again also no right or wrong it's just for me i hate them i really hate going somewhere where it's just a big uh, big advertisement and then a tiny bit of content sprinkled in i want this i want this independent content but then that most mostly happens through either volunteer work or um or, or independent companies, and then it's just a lot of work for them. So I'm trying to strip down an event to 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 what I really like, which is deep conversations, in person, um, focused, not so much sponsoring corporate, but like really open open conversation, um, and then you know cutting out all the the organization overhead of that. Like, what is the yeah. catering going to be like, or who is booking this booth and this sponsor jumped off, right? So. Um, and then that, that was the urge that I was feeling and then shape up. I, I realized that, uh, that the community and the adoption is, is, uh, really growing right now. And that's why I want to combine these two things into, into basically an, an all day, um, event with a small amount of people, something like 30, 40, I will have to see how, uh, how, how many fit into our office. That's why I'm planning just again, to, to make it easy for, for organization. Um, and then having, having not just this usual, um, so I don't want to make this a regular thing, at least not now. Um, it's just a one-time thing. I want, um, there to be 30 people 
um, it's not going to be first come first serve. So it's full of people who uh, check their LinkedIn feed in real time and book a ticket or something. I want to make it a, a small application form, but not in a sense of like you apply to go there, but like you fill out, are you designer, engineer, product, business? Have you used ShapeUp or not? Or what are your thoughts on this? And then basically uh, curating the audience. So we have a really good mix of people who are already using ShapeUp, a few people who are interested or have maybe another opinion, designers, like having, having this good mix there. And then basically being able to move forward a step from the, the, the talks or discussions that I've seen about ShapeUp is always this, here's this new thing and this is how it works and this is the base concepts and I want to really have a, an, an event where this is a given, where, where mm -hmm. you can assume that people know what ShapeUp is and then go uh, go a bit deeper basically the conversation that we just had but yeah times 30 and, and and doing that all day long also making it a whole day so it's attractive for people to travel um it's it's, it's going to be in berlin in 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 our office so yeah if you if you want to if you want to uh, take the train or a plane to go there maybe from maybe yeah europe at least it should be worth it um and um and then yeah, I would I would like to um, curate a few talks, but also make it open, um, spontaneous talks, lightning talks, sessions, these kind of things, and just just make it, uh, yeah, a full day of 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 shape up basically. I am, yeah, thinking about when to do it. I think this fall would be a good time, so it leaves me um, some time to to gather some interest and. Um, yeah, the exact details will 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 follow. But I, uh, for this moment, again, I I'm trying to keep it light for me as an organizer. There's just a LinkedIn group, um, which is called uh, Framing, Shaping, Shipping. And we can put the link in the in the show notes, maybe, so you can for join sure. that. You can uh, join that group, and then I will develop it from there. But there's not going to be a, a big website or a big anything. I really want this to be uh, bare bones, easy. And then we we focus talking about um, shape up. Yeah, that would be the the idea. That sounds amazing. Cool. I love the idea. I I mean I think it matches very much the intent of of the podcast as well. So I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. And if folks are interested this fall to come to Berlin yeah. and engage with the shape up community for that's, a day, that's, that's the plan. Yeah, sounds and amazing. As I, as I said, um, I think the people who are using ShapeUp already are the people who are feeling this pain. Otherwise, how would you find it? How would you find the strength to 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 apply it, right? And that's why I think it's so important to to bring the people together because I, before ShapeUp becomes the next big thing, and there are a million people who who um, use ShapeUp. I think right now, um, it's a really great selection of people who are in this topic. Um, because they have a certain mindset or alignment of interest, and that's what I that's what I want to foster, bring into one room and see whatever happens. I mean, if it's if it's uh, just a nice day, uh, that's great. But maybe something something bigger happens, or a new concept comes out of it, or we realize that yeah, shape up doesn't make any sense, and we go back to scrum. <laughs> even though I don't I don't think that will happen. Yeah. Cool. Beyond the LinkedIn group, how can people reach out if they want to connect with you? Um, so the the best um, is probably LinkedIn these days. Um, Stefan Bernemann Valenta, which is a lot to type. You can also go to my uh, website, which is sbw.one, and then it's all linked up there. It's a bit uh, less to type. 
I uh, pretty much stopped using Twitter. Um, so yeah, that would that would be that would be the place. Yeah. Cool, and I'll also link that, of course. Great, Stefan, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last words of wisdom that you that you want to share? Um, first of all, thank you. Also, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's 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 great that you're doing this podcast and doing also your part to to bring this community together. I really appreciate that. Um, and then the last words of wisdom, I can only reiterate that. Um, listen to to this episode or the other episodes um and um yeah i think almost like you will you will feel it yourself if this is something for you that you that you want to try and if it doesn't speak to you then don't don't force it uh <laughs> that's that's how i think about it i'm i'm not evangelizing anyone uh, i'm happy to to talk to anyone or exchange ideas or thoughts or if you have questions you can you can reach out to me is super happy. But um, if you're like, uh, this doesn't make any sense to me, then I am super happy to leave you. Uh, I mean, I'm also interested to hear why you don't, but like, yeah, if you don't want to use it, then it's probably for, for the better of your yourself and your team. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Stefan. I certainly did. If you like this show, please leave us a favorable review on your podcast platform of choice. And to find jobs at companies that work with ShapeUp, like Prosperity Solutions, remember to check out our job board at shapers.builders. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day.